Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. It's the favorites presented by FanDuel. Football season is here and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel. I love betting with FanDuel because their app is safe, secure, and easy to use. And when I win, I get paid fast. So use promo code favorites and download the FanDuel app today to make every moment more. This football season must be 21 or older and in select states. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG. In Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, and Virginia, 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, call 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY 467369 in New York. Tennessee red line is 1 800 889 9789. Call 1 800 522 4700 in Wyoming or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. Welcome to the favorites, the podcast from the Volume Podcast Network. I am Chad Millman, Chief Content Officer of the Action Network. If you hear any background noise, if you hear some excitement, if you hear screaming, it's because me and my co-host, my BFF, my companion, my compadre, Simon Hunter, are live from Keeneland Racecourse in Lexington, Kentucky. This is the horse capital of the world. We have a bonus episode. We're going to talk about breeders. Uh, we have a very special guest, Scott Hazelton. Do it all analyst, host, reporter for FanDuel TV is on site with us. We're going to talk a little bit more NFL. We're going to talk about our night last night out in the wilds of Lexington, bar hopping, seeing fans, watching the Phillies, watching the Eagles, sweating some bets with Matt Mitchell. Simon. It's great to be here, Chad. I'll get thousands of fans here. All behind us, that's what you're hearing. It's not the background noise. It's all of our fans. It's real, real fans that are hanging out at Keeneland. It's pretty cool, though. To watch the races. I've already uh, made three bets. I'm excited. I've watched two races. Uh, I want to get to everything that we did this week. But the main event is bringing in Scott Hazelton, uh, who's going to tell us everything we need to know to get ready for breeders. Because we will admit, we bet on a lot of things, but we don't bet on a lot of horses. So Scott is going to take us through it. 
And the first thing I want to talk about is Flightline, because this is a horse that people are already comparing to Secretariat, has won its races by a combined 62 lengths. So give us the rundown on Flightline right now. He's a generational type horse. And I mean, that's the fact that we have to reach that far back to find a comparison. The Secretariat just goes to show you how rare these kind of athletes in this game are. I mean, they obviously the way that modern day racing is, it's not as uh, rigorous as, as, you know, going back to the Secretariat years. And obviously before that, they raced a lot more. But for Flightline, they've they've managed him so well. He did have to miss some time uh, at the beginning of the year. That's why we didn't see him come back until June in the Met Mile, um, which was his first start of the year. So they've had to be patient, take their time, and they're not forcing the issue. They know that they've got a great horse. They know that the stallion uh, deal is, is in place, that that is to come on down the line. So they're picking their spots in the biggest races, and that's what they've done this year. Met Mile is one of the marquee races during the summer. It's a stallion-making race. TVG Pacific Classic, one of the marquee races during the summer. He dusted a field showing that he can go the mile and a quarter distance, the same distance that will be running on Saturday. So, you know, this is the end-of-the-year test, what they do with him uh, next year. They've talked about the fact that, that he could run again next year. Now, does that mean an entire campaign? Does that mean running in, in Saudi Arabia at the end of February in a 20 million dollar race most likely that would be something that i think that they would look at and why not because then after that if he's going to stand at stud next season they've got to start preparing him for that transition into stud duty so that would be about the last opportunity to run at the end of february before you have to worry about that so um you know that he is he's a brilliant horse race fans obviously would love to have seen more from him and hope that we do get a chance to see more from him but the reality is is that we've got to enjoy the opportunities that we've had with him to, to see him race, and obviously on Saturday is going to be one of those opportunities and, and one of, if not the biggest, of his career. What makes him so special? He's insanely fast. I mean, just as simply put as possible. Um, and he's shown that speed at short sprint distances, and then they've gotten him to relax in the mornings and you need to be able to relax in these longer distance races because you can't just be speed all the time going a mile and a quarter in a two-turn race. And so they worked on that. They got him to relax, and they, they got the kind of performance that they did from him in the TVG Pacific Classic where he relaxed, but then at about midway through the race, it, it was you couldn't hold him anymore, right? He had to, he had to be let go. And once Flavian Pratt let him go, he just absolutely decimated that field by 19 lengths and it would have broken the track record if they would have let him run a little bit more, but there was no need to. I mean, he had the race wrapped up, so why push on him? So, I mean, he is just, he's got the right mindset. He's obviously got wicked speed and he's a, he's a physical specimen. He's not the most overwhelming, intimidating looking horse, but if you see him, he's just perfectly balanced he just looks like an athlete there's just he's proportioned correctly for his size for his shape and he puts it all together and he is an absolute freak of nature so they always talk about in the mythology of thoroughbreds horses having personalities they're cheeky or they're aggressive or they're fighters can you describe a personality for flight line like what is going to attach people to flight line as he gets older and the the hype around him continues to grow. I can't sit here and speak to his personality. I've not spent that much time with him next to him around him because truthfully going into the TVG Pacific Classic, they really 
tried to keep people back and, and you know, we've seen him the closest I've been to him was just the other day when he was uh, schooling in the paddock and he just kind of took it all in but he's definitely an intelligent type of horse and you know people may say how the hell do you know that a horse is intelligent well you just have to observe them right he's just the type of horse he'll stop and he just kind of looks at everything and observes everything and he you know he's just when you see horses do that bob baffert talks about it a lot when he comes to to these keeneland september sales that when they're buying the the yearlings for you know hundreds of thousands millions of dollars in which they do you like to see a horse that just kind of looks off into the distance and is looking off into you know into the world and he's had a lot of success looking at horses like that looking for that kind of horse when they're young and and it marks intelligence so watching him do that that's what i would say but he's a horse that you know he's been he's been followed by everybody here this week i mean the attention that he's gotten i think he's getting used to that the cameras being around the people always want to being around and wanting to to get a look at him because these horses they sense it they they sense the attention that they're getting i have one, I have one more question i'm hogging the questions and i'm gonna let simon go but you mentioned in one of the earlier answers about the business of flight line and how they want to have him race can you describe for people this was not a purchase i think it was a million bucks that people paid for him and now there is going to be it is going to be much more expensive to be in the flight line business can you explain sort of what happens next and the ceiling on what the cost could be to be an investor in this horse I don't know what the number would be because, I mean, when he have, ends up at stud, whether it's this coming breeding season or in 2024, he's going to be a six-figure six stallion. I mean, he's going to stand for at least $100,000, I would imagine, maybe maybe more because of the attention and uh, the brilliance of Flightline. But uh, if you were – the best way to get a gauge of, of his value will come on Monday – at Lane's End is actually selling 2.5% of Flightline on Monday right here at the Keeneland November sale. It'll be early in that, in that day. It starts at 1 o'clock. So whatever that number is for 2.5%, obviously we can do the math. And this is a free market, right? They're going to come over here. It's an auction. So they're going to bid whatever anybody wants to bid. It's going to be millions to, to get him. Whether it'll be $10 million plus, I don't know. Maybe that's too high. But... Again, it's flight line. It's two and a half percent in what he does racing. If he in fact continues to race, or obviously what he's going to do uh, when he ends up at stud over at Lanes End Farm. So, I mean, he's probably worth close to a hundred million dollars. Would be my guess. Just a, a million a dollar investment now could be worth a hundred million dollars easily because I mean, you think about what he's going to. I mean, let's just say he covers a hundred. 50 mares a season moving forward which they can you know horses do breed more it depends on how they want to approach it and manage his his stallion book but you know you're talking about at least a hundred thousand if not more and if he starts getting success he'll be a couple hundred thousand dollar stallion so you're playing the long game he's got decades to come in front of him for to, to make money to you know to to bring back uh people's investments and obviously you want to be part of this horse and there are breeders that are going to want to be part have access to it as well right having that ability if you own part of them you would have you know a little bit uh, more immediate access to to being able to to breed to flight line but yeah a million dollar investment to what he's become it doesn't happen every time but that's that's this sport i mean the amount of money they spent in september in two weeks over 400 million dollars was spent on yearlings and those are horses that will not race until next year and beyond. But that's you have to have deep pockets 
at times to get in. And there's a lot of horses that have been bought for a lot less money, a couple thousand dollars that have gone on to make hundreds of thousands, if not millions. It's the reality is it's not an exact science. If it was, you know, we would just be knocking it out of the park every time. But that's the 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 lure, the the romantic nature of it is coming back, trying to figure this sport out, trying to pick out based on bloodlines, based on physical perspectives, and obviously. A million dollars is a lot of horse, to, 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 a lot of money to give for a horse, and he's panned out well beyond the expectations, even with that first million dollar investment. Well, it's, it's fair to say, after this weekend, me, Simon, and Matt Mitchell, we're gonna be have so much money, we're gonna buy fancy <laughs> hats, and on Monday morning, we're probably gonna invest all of our winnings from the weekend into flight lines. Get after it. Yeah. You nope. can open a credit. I mean, you don't even have to have cash. You can just your, get your credit open down <laughs> here at the Keelan Sales that Pavilion. Much cash. That much we'll, cash? We'll be fine. Is it under the table here, yeah. or where is it? <laughs> I can't talk about it right now. And by the way, for those folks that can't make it out to the Keeneland November sale, they're actually going to uh, conduct this sale in the metaverse. Oh, so wow. that's that's one of the things. That, you know, It's going to be auctioned <laughs> off in real life, but for those people that, that can't make it out there, you can head to the metaverse and find Flightline being 2.5% of Flightline being sold. Now, piggybacking off what you were just talking about earlier about the breeding, how did it happen that, again, people – can't realize this horses were not native to america right the spaniards the europeans brought them over why is it that our race horses now all these years later are so much better than what's produced in europe like we have all these horses now is it just simply because we bred over the years and really put time and effort into it i always wonder why is it that we breed the best horses in the world again you don't go other places right to buy the race horses maybe no, you go to england no you go to england and get pageantry right or no, they have some very great runners over there. absolutely and they you know, it's a different type of racing over there. Even though it is horse racing, they primarily are racing on turf. So you're going to look more, when you look at those horses that are being right. sold over in Europe, more turf-type pedigrees. And there's a lot of people that have gone over there in recent years, acquired horses out of those big sales wow. to bring here. Because Has that worked out for them, though? It absolutely That's has amazing. worked out. Because you, you want to bring that influence here because we have plenty of turf racing throughout North yes. America. Obviously, dirt racing has been king and will continue to be kinging uh, in the U.S. and North America. But you know, there's plenty of very well-bred. In fact, the, the, the most successful stallion in modern-day history is a, a horse by the name of Galileo. <laughs> uh, and he's approaching a milestone of 100 group-slash-grade-one winners. He's, he passed away just a few years back. But even his sons and daughters that uh, are running now you know, posthumously for him, yeah. that obviously you know, he was part of the creation back before he passed, are still winning grade one races. And, and Galileo stood in Ireland and has had one of the greatest impacts in this, this game and, and in the, the breed as a whole. Wow. So you mentioned Baffert. You mentioned Bob Baffert and what he looks for in a horse. Obviously, he's been a huge storyline in horse racing in the past couple of years. Uh, controversial. He's got horses this week. What do you expect from his horses? What's it like having him back in the course at a, at a major event like this? I mean, he deserves to be here. He's got some of the best horses in the world. Right. He, he's got clients that allow him to go over and, and handpick out the best yearlings that, that he likes, that his team likes, and, and get them. And, you know, with all that stuff being in the past, he, you know, he's, he's served his time. I mean, that's the reality. Yeah. I, and I'm not going to sit here and, and revisit all of those things, but at what point in time do we move past something that has already happened and he has accepted his punishments and, and you know, put in those 60 days? I mean, it's, he, he's going to be at these big events. That's the reality. He's, he is arguably the best modern-day trainer, especially with dirt horses that we have seen and may ever, ever see. So, right. uh, 
when you come to these big races, he's going to be here. Now, he won't be at the Derby next year because he's got that one more year, but that's a separate situation for that location in itself. So what do you think of the horses he has for this weekend? He's the horse that runs today, Cave Rock. He looks to be an absolute freak. I mean, he's he's a young horse that has just run away from his competition in Southern California. He's done so at shorter distances and stretched out to longer distances. And watching him train in his workouts, the way that he pulls away from his workmates, they're going to have a very difficult time beating this horse. He he is going to be the early favorite for the Kentucky Derby uh, next year, and obviously there's some moving parts that has to go on there um, if he performs the way that I think everybody expects. But he, he is a absolute specimen and uh, the fastest two-year-old of this, of this group of freshman horses. All right. I think it's time for us to ask you for the winners. All because, of them? Yeah, well, you know, I think it's important to get all of them. We want to be <laughs> okay. thorough. Uh, no. What I want to get from you specifically is, because we have this uh, promotion that we're doing with FanDuel, and you can help us win all the money, right? Let's so go. there's this new FanDuel players can bet the Breeders' Cup <laughs> with a no-sweat bet up to $100. On FanDuel back and FanDuel Racing on your first single horse to win bet. What horses are we betting on? Because we're going to win either way. Either oh, yeah. we're getting the money back or we're going to win the money. So who are we betting on? All right. So let's let's focus on Saturday, shall we? We've got, let's nine, focus on yeah. Saturday. We've Saturday. got nine Breeders' Cup races. And like the Breeders' Cup Classic is the one that everyone talks about, and that's going to have sort of the most attention. But you don't have to just bet the Breeders' Cup Classic. So just give us the winners in the races, man. Well... I mean, that's right. what we do here. Let's let's roll through them. We're just going to roll through, starting with the Breeders' Cup Philly and Mare Sprint. I'm going obligatory, the number seven horse. That's race three on Saturday. She's going to be a good price. She's a grade one winner. Uh, these races tend to be very quickly run and allow horses to come from off the pace, especially at this distance. So give me obligatory, the seven in race number three, the Philly and Mare Sprint. The Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint, Golden Pal is going to be a massive favorite, as he should be. But I think that the seven horse arrest me red is good enough to hang there with him. And his numbers suggest that he's 15 to one on the morning line. We'll probably get a double digit odds come post time. So in race four, the seven arrest me red uh, in the big ass fans, Breeders Cup dirt mile, having to regroup there a little bit because I, I loved Laurel River, but he's not going to be running. Just found that out earlier today. Uh, Gimme Gnight, the five on a two week turnaround. He just ran two weeks ago and won a stakes race here at Keeneland. And his trainer, Steve Asmussen, um, is phenomenal period and i spoke to some of the connections with him right after that race said the horse is not going to be bothered at all coming back in two weeks he just shows up every time so good night in the dirt mile uh makers mark breeders cup philly and mare turf i'm going with lady spite spear she's going to be a big price close to 20 to 1 if she breaks well and doesn't have issues with the gate which she has in the past she has the potential to upset and she can make the lead in this race so give me lady spite spear the one in race six race seven the guitar breeders cup sprint uh, it's all about Jackie's Warrior. They can't hang with him. They certainly can't hang with him going six furlongs. I think he dazzles in that Breeders' Cup sprint. In the Bre Fandle Breeders' Cup mile, uh, going to go with Ivar, another price horse. He's a grade one winner here at Keeneland. He put together a strong effort last time out. There's going to be a lot of attention on the Euros like Modern Games and some of these other horses like Dream Loper. But uh, I'll go with Ivar here at Keeneland and a home game for him. In the distaff, Malathat, the class mare, daughter of Curlin. She loves it here at Keeneland. She's never lost in three attempts. She's probably going to be second choice behind Nest, but I like Malathat in the distaff. The Breeders' Cup turf, Broom, the four. If he breaks well, 
He's going to have himself in a good position. I like the fact that Irad Ortiz Jr. gets the call for these Irish connections, Aiden O'Brien and the Coolmore connections. Watch out for Broom in the turf. And then in the Breeders' Cup Classic, it's flight line. And if you want to play an exacta, flight line over Taba. I think Taba, the one horse, is absolutely good enough to be right there in the end as a second-place finish uh, in here. So give me flight line over Taba. That's four over the one in the Classic. You nailed it. <laughs> Thank you. That was fantastic. I can see why you do everything for FanDuel TV. Yeah. Because you know all of it. <laughs> it. must be a great feeling to wake up in the morning, know you know exactly what you're going to do and how you're going to make money betting on horses. Well, it's great because during these times, during these big weekends, because we've seen them race, right? We've seen these horses compete throughout the year, compete throughout the, the lead up to, to these Breeders' Cup World Championships. So you know, you, you've seen them run. I mean, you can t we can talk about them just off the cuff if we need to, but that's what we do. We, we cover racing every single day. That's what we do on FanDuel TV. We, we, we keep uh, a finger on the pulse of it worldwide and, and try to do our best. And it's a lot of fun. We get to come here to these kind of places and, and be part of these big, big weekends like the Breeders' Cup and being a partner with the Breeders' Cup. It's, it truly is a, 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 fun, a fun place to work and a fun industry to be part of. I love it. I feel informed. We're having a great day at Keeneland. It's freaking beautiful. Like, I feel lucky, man. You're in a good lucky. spot. You guys are in a good spot. Here. Yeah. The sun's shining. Yeah, good it's weather. Awesome. Everybody's well dressed here. Well, except for Simon. Yeah. He didn't get the, memo. the money though. But he's he's crushing right now. He's yeah. he's got the Seriously. <laughs> Simon like He's got the solo He's cup in rolling. his hoodie and shorts. What hoodie am I wearing though, Chad? He, I'm Philadelphia wearing a Phillies Phillies. World Series, all right? Yeah. I'm repping right You're now. You're repping right now. He's on his second beer of the day. <laughs> that you know of. That's right. Scott, thanks for coming by, man. Hey, brother. Anytime. A pleasure and hopefully we can catch up Derby, yeah, Breeders' man. Cups. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. All the rest of them. We're always there. Well, we're on the air all the time. We need the help. <laughs> I'm here to help. Good to see you. Let's make that money, and then you can go down and buy 2.5% of Flightline. <laughs> At least. Let's go. And they're off. The Breeders' Cup is here, and you can bet the horses with FanDuel Racing, official wagering partner of the Breeders' Cup, FanDuel TV, and FanDuel Plus. We'll be showing some of the action on Friday, November 4th. And Saturday, November 5th. Right now, new players can bet the Breeders' Cup with a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 back on your first single-horse win bet. The FanDuel Racing app is the best place to bet the races. The app is super easy to use. It's easy to deposit and withdraw. And when you win, you get paid fast. The Breeders' Cup is on November 4th and 5th, so now is the perfect time to get in on the action. Just sign up and you'll get a no-sweat first bet up to $100 back. If your horse doesn't win exclusively on racing.fanduel.com or the FanDuel Racing app. Uh, all right, that was Scott Hazelton from FanDuel TV giving us expert opinions, advice, everything we need to make some money in the Breeders' Cup this weekend. I got to say, Simon, it's insane here yeah. how nice it is. Really, I was trackside. I watched some races this morning. The sun is out. The crowd is great. The hats are beautiful. I feel lucky to be here. It is 75 degrees in November. Sunny as could be. Not a cloud in the sky. Beautiful track. Good racing, too, right? I mean, every race has been good. I watched two different races. The first race we saw was a tie. What do they call that? Dead heat? Dead heat. Dead heat. Dead heat. <laughs> uh, that was great. And then the next race was literally came down to, like, not even, not even a yard in between the, the first and second place. So well, pretty exciting. I got tickets on uh, three races uh, later today. 
Last night was also a good time. Me, you, Matt Mitchell, <laughs> Stucky, yeah. uh, one of the OGs, host of the BBOC podcast, co-host of the Action Network NFL podcast with Raybon, most followed expert in the Action Network app. He lives in Lexington. His wife uh, is a minority owner and runs two bars, the Two Keys and Stagger Inn. We were at both of them last night. Yeah. We had to watch the Phillies lose, and that was... <laughs> That was intense. Yeah. Um, but we did get our friend uh, Roy Barker noticed us at the Two Keys, yeah. bought us a shot, a couple of shots. That was nice. It's a great <laughs> town here in Lexington. Yeah, I would say horrible night as a Phillies fan and as a better. I lost a ton of money on the Phillies. Lost a ton of money on the Eagles first half and the Eagles spread. Yeah. But good vibes with Chad. It was Chad, Matt, Mitchell, Stucky. It was a really good time. It was a great um, night. It was definitely funny where, you know, when you visit places and you've got a friend that's a local and you've never been there, and they're just taking on the whole full tour. Like, Stucky knew all the spots. My favorite part of the night was we're walking around trying to figure out where we were going to go next, and Chad just starts leading us out of nowhere. <laughs> and Stucky goes, do you know where you're going? And Chad goes, no, I'm just walking. That was my best part of the night. Because Steven and Stucky, and we were all following you for about a half a block. We were like, wait, why are we even following Chad right now? So, yeah, it was a good night. It's a bad habit I have. I just start going. I figure I'll get there. Maybe people will follow along with me. <laughs> sometimes you get there, sometimes you don't. Thank God Stucky was there to get us to the next place. They're two great bars. I oh, highly I recommend even, I didn't even mention, though, we went to uh, Raising Cane. We did do some Raising Canes. We got pretty hungry. And, uh, First time for me and Chad Walked through the here. back alley of uh, Two Keys and went to Raising Canes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right after the U.K. game got out and everybody was there dressed in their blue jerseys. All right, so listen. Talk. The Phillies are looking tough. At down 3-2. <laughs> got them right where we want them. Okay, that's what we think. One more game. Uh, one more game tonight in Philly, right? No, no, no. Back, back, back to we're Houston. Back to now? Houston Saturday and Sunday. Uh, I want to talk some NFL before we before we get out of here. All right. One thing that came up that people have been starting to ask. Sure. NFC futures. We talked a little bit about it on Green Dot Daily earlier this week. Right. Minnesota six and one. The San Francisco 49ers are one back of the Seahawks. Yep. The Tampa Bay Bucks are one back of the Atlanta Falcons. If we're starting to survey the landscape, I'm not a buyer on the Vikings. I'm probably not a buyer on the Falcons who were yeah. in first place. I'm not going to be a buyer on the Seahawks. What are your thoughts right now? Yeah, and again, the 49ers, it's interesting where they've already won the game, right? They've already won the early matchup with the Seahawks, so... You can actually look at it as if they're just half a game back. Just because of that, they got that right now. And they have to play each other down in the road. But to me, Chad, the 49ers is the pick, right? We saw last year. They're in the NFC Championship game. They've only improved since then, right? They've signed players. We've seen McCaffrey again. Debo hasn't even playing that well this year. And it doesn't matter because Ayuk has stepped up for them as a wide receiver. So with the McCaffrey cheat code, it's just one of these no-brainer picks, it feels like. We're sitting here. I, I wish I could say to you, I love the Eagles and they're going to win it all. It just never works that way, right? The team that's the hottest to start the year, just like the Cardinals were last year. At this point last year, Cardinals were 8-1, and 7-1, completely fell off a cliff. Now, do I think the Eagles will fall off the cliff? No. not They will not because our division, again, they look strong right now, but am I scared of the Giants in Washington come December, November? Not really. Again, I think Dallas will give us a tough game, but if you look at the Eagles' schedule against the AFC South, they have some cupcake games. I think it's beneficial to the Seahawks. They're going to push the 49ers all year. That's going to be a nice test for them where there's no taking the foot off the gas. They're going to have to play hard all year because Seahawks, we both agree, they look like they're going to make the playoffs. They look pretty for real. Now, will it be as a wild card or the divisional? 
that's a big game because if I'm going to make take my money right now and bet on the 49ers to win the Super Bowl, you're building in that the the books right now are in minus 140, minus 150 to win the division, right? That means the books have built that into the Super Bowl line. So to me, if you're buying that number in the Super Bowl, you might as well hit the divisional line. If you don't want to touch it, wait because you're going to get better odds. The Seahawks take that division. That means every game the 49ers will need to win on the road. That's a big deal. So to me – I'll get in early on it. I'm going to buy the 49ers now because I do think they're going to start getting healthy and turn a corner here. But it's definitely interesting looking at all the futures where, you know, people are going to be on Dallas. What have we seen Dallas do in the playoffs? They always choke. What have we seen Kirk Cousins do in the playoffs, right? And then you look at the Eagles team, and again, I love all the hype. It's just hard to win, man. And especially Hurts has never won a playoff game. So to think he can just go from nothing to running, making a run to the Super Bowl, it's tough to sit here in November and think he's going to do that. But best value to me bet right now would be 49ers. It was fun last night. You know, Matt Mitchell, uh, who unfortunately doesn't have access to a mic, otherwise, you know, he'd be jumping in. But um, right, right, the, wrong, you are, Chad. Oh, look, just <laughs> just like that, Matt Mitchell hey. jumps in. <laughs> Matt Mitchell in his master's coat. Um, we were talking about because inevitably, if you're hanging out with Simon, Matt Mitchell, and Stucky, there's going to be a conversation about Super Bowl random betting events that uh-huh. could happen. Yeah. So. The Bills, Matt Mitchell's favorite team. The Eagles, Simon Hunter's favorite team. If the Eagles go undefeated, which you never know. Like, look, they've got a cupcake schedule. Yep. Um, we still had the Bills as how many point favorites in a Super Bowl, Matt Mitchell? I believe it was four and a half point favorites over an undefeated potential Eagles NFC champion. Is that correct, Simon? I think that's what the books would make it, yeah. Why do you come to that number? Simon, you go first. Uh, honestly, I make it that number just in the sense that uh, the AFC is already being touted right now as the better side, right? If you look at Super Bowl futures, if you want to take the number right now, I believe it's minus three for the AFC or the NFC. So right right there, right? You already know where the books are kind of leaning what side. That's pretty much saying to you right now that both are the one seeds, or who, the Bills and the Eagles, right? So that's kind of what that book, that number reflects. When I make a four and a half, that's kind of like when the Eagles played the Patriots, right? Uh, a couple years ago, we already know the public, they're just going to come on the other side. Like Josh Allen, especially if Josh Allen wins MVP, which, right, it's looking that way right now. He's going to probably win MVP unless something happens where Hurts steals it from him. But to me, when you have a team like the Bills that coming into the year, they're the hype team, and now they're producing, right? They're backing up the hype. I just I cannot see a book laying a three, right? I feel like they need to hang a four to get that money from the professionals, where if they hang a three, I might buy the Bills there because that's a good number to back a Bills team. I don't usually like producing hypothetical sports betting content. (laughs) Shout out to everyone who's ever talked about the NBA on a podcast. But (laughs) I think that number also reflects that the Bills, like you mentioned, are quarterbacked by Josh Allen, a a beautiful half horse, half man, (laughs) war machine who's single-handedly saving the economy of Western New York (laughs) and, and my life personally. So... I look forward to his inevitable run to the Super Bowl <laughs> or his, uh, his getting injured, and I just uh, oh, no. I, I climb up onto the roof of my house and jump off. So no, we'll There's see. always next year. There's always next year. Sure, <laughs> sure, sure. So, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun hanging out last night. Yeah. Uh, Stucky's love language is definitely staying up late. So it was a, it was a, it's been a while since I've seen the number three uh, overnight on the clock. Yeah. But his, uh, that, those staffs at those bars – all know, beloved Stucky, everyone's being very nice. I don't know how he could stand to hang out with people so young. <laughs> Simon's about the youngest person I want to hang out with. Yeah, I uh, agree with that. Um, but it was a great night. Great night, great town, horse capital of the world, Lexington, Kentucky. You love beautiful. it. Yeah. I loved watching Matt Mitchell sweat the Texans 
plus seven uh, last night. The best in, was six and a half. In the second quarter. half. <laughs> in the second half. And they came very close. They did cover uh, that big juicy six yep. in the third quarter line by kicking a field goal almost as time expired yep. there. So and love then, it. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't decide who was angrier about the end of the Phillies game. Was it Matt Mitchell? who was screaming in my ear uh, profanities that were so loud, <laughs> I worried that the very large bartender was going to kick him in the face. Yeah. Uh, or Simon, who could barely speak and just kept saying, I'm going to lose every bet tonight. I'm going <laughs> to lose every bet tonight. It was that, that side of the table, that side of the bar was a wash in agony. Yeah. Well, again, I, I'm coming off 24 hours here. We've seen them get no hit. So it just felt like I'm stuck in a like a never-ending nightmare of uh, Philly sadness right now where I didn't go to the five-home run game, went to the no-hitter. I'm in a bar, and again, this is, again, one of the reasons I don't go out in life. I attract the weirdest people. If I'm at a bar, these people see me for some reason. They want to talk to me. And this guy comes up, and he would not stop talking It was to me. awful. Yeah, I thought Matt Mitchell, I, I honestly thought you were going to fight him. I, I thought again, you were I'm not a guy. I just kept saying to the guy, please. Stop talking to me. Let me watch this Phillies game. And he goes, you know, I'm a Cowboys fan, right? Awful. Irrelevant to the conversation. Awful guy. You want to see my text between me and my buddies arguing about the Eagles and the Cowboys? It was just like, I cannot believe this happened again. This is when it's 3-2 in the bottom of the ninth, and this guy's talking to me. So I, as soon as the game ended, I looked at Chad, and Chad, me and Chad old man, and said, let's get the fuck out of here. Uh, just simply because this guy would not leave me alone. We did get to see Stucky do his favorite thing, which is hang out with a group of colleagues and just disappear, disappear. reappear, <laughs> disappear, reappear, yeah. disappear, reappear a hundred times over the course of an evening. It's the it's like going out with a cat. But every time he brought us back free drinks. Yep. So he's, 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 he's truly like the best cat. the best host ever. Yep. Uh, I will listen. I'm going to wrap it up because yeah. we've had a crazy 24 hours. You were at the World Series. I was at Bono. We took early flights. <laughs> we got to Lexington. Now we're at the races. We did a podcast. We got to go watch the bets we made. Yeah. This has been the Favorites Podcast from the Volume Podcast Network, live from Keeneland in Lexington, the horse capital of the world. want to thank the folks who brought us out here. Thank all the Volume folks. Nice work, Matt Mitchell, for Simon Hunter, uh, for Rory, who's behind the camera videotaping this right now. I'm Chad Millman. Download us from Apple Podcasts, from Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe. Leave us five stars. Feedback is a gift. Until next time, love you. Feedback is a gift!